Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Good morning, Valley Point. My name is Ben, and I would like to share some further information with you about an upcoming addition to our Sunday morning experience. As we continue to plan and prepare for our future, we have identified a way to provide more worship space during our 10 a.m. worship gathering. We are introducing an alternative gathering space. Welcome to any who would like to experience our gathering in a smaller, more intimate location. We will host this gathering in our office building to serve as a comfortable environment for people to engage in our Sunday morning worship experience. We are calling this our chapel gathering. This gathering will be a video venue hosted in our office building. It will be a live broadcast of everything that is happening in our main building at our 10 a.m. worship gathering. We will host the chapel gathering with a full first impressions team. And of course, coffee is still provided. One of our pastors, myself included, will be in attendance and available if we can pray with you or if we can serve you in any way. This venue serves as a part of our long-term master plan, creating additional space to accommodate our current growth at our prime worship hour. This space can provide a large, more comfortable and safer option than what our lobby can accommodate being used as a simple overflow area. Our chapel gathering is more than just an overflow area, and it's more than a punishment for being late to church. It is an additional worship environment that you can choose to enjoy. Providing comfortable and beautiful screen viewing, you can engage and you can worship and you can experience Valley Point Church. If you have kids, drop them off as usual and then join us in the office building you will still see your child's check-in number if they need your assistance. We are most excited as this environment provides new leadership and volunteer opportunities. Our chapel gathering provides us with more comfortable seating for people to find a real relationship with God. I look forward to serving you. This will all launch at 10 a.m. on Sunday, October 20th. We'll see you there. My name is Liz, and I am so happy to welcome you here this bright and sunny Sunday morning. I want to extend a special welcome to anyone who's here with us this morning as a first-time guest. We are especially glad that you chose to spend your morning here with us at Valley Point. On your way in this morning, you should have received a program from our ushers. You can go ahead and take that out. I'd love to point some things out for you before we continue with today's gathering. Inside, you'll find a talk notes page. Pastor Eric will touch on that later. Uh, some love day information coming up later in October. And also this connection card. So you can take out the connection card right now. Start filling this out. This is a way for us to know how we can better serve you and be better praying for you throughout the week. If you're here as a family this morning, feel free to put all of your names right on one card. And if you're here as a guest, Share as much as you're comfortable with, but know that we would love to send you a small token of appreciation in the mail for your sharing your Sunday with us. On the back, there's something called the Connection Pack. These events are specifically designed to help you get to know Valley Point better as a faith community and jump into life here with us. So take a peek at the back. Don't throw it around. That's not a great thing to do. But a great thing to do is to take a peek at the back page of your program and details on all those events you can find there. Now, as you're continuing to fill out your card, a couple other events I'd love to highlight. Tonight is our night of worship. From 5 to 7, we're going to have food trucks available that you can purchase dinner from, so you can grab a really great burger, some tacos, some water ice, some of all three, and then at 7, we're going to come inside and worship together as a faith community. So mark that in your calendars for tonight and make sure that you are here back with us.
Then additionally, coming up in January, we have a compassion trip headed to the Dominican Republic. If that is something you feel called uh, to do and to join, I encourage you to stop by the Just For You table that you pass on your way in uh, to the auditorium, sign up for more information and to get involved that way. Now, before we continue with today's service, I'd ask you to stand up one more time, turn to someone nearby and wish them a happy Sunday. Welcome to Valley Point Church. <laughs> and welcome to the final Sunday of Reflections and Reveries. I'm so glad you're here. I also want to welcome everybody watching online. I want to talk to you about next week before we dive into our content for today. Next week, we begin a brand new theme that will carry us through the month of November called For Pete's Sake. Now, here's what's happening with this theme. We're going to dive into scripture and look at the Apostle Peter and discover things from his life, what he said and what he did. And what we will find is that Peter was a faithful follower of Jesus, but he was also very flawed, which is great news for all of us because we're going to allow him to mentor us and speak into our hearts for the next several weeks and I think there's much that we will be able to learn from him. Peter, an apostle, he was a follower, he was a disciple, and we're going to sit under his teachings for a handful of weeks and allow him to encourage us. That begins next Sunday. For Pete's sake, please, please, please be here for that, okay? Today, I just want to share some stuff on my heart. God's been stirring in me, and I wanted to present some of this to you as a way to challenge and to encourage our faith community. So we're going to reflect a little bit, and then we'll get to the reverie part, which is thinking about the future. That's the heart of this talk. So we're just going to have a conversation. So I want you to pull out your coffee. Can you do that? Pull it out. And let's just imagine that we're sitting in a coffee shop somewhere and we're talking and we're sharing some things together. I love teaching. I love this. And you have heard me share many times that Sunday is my favorite day of the week because it's when we gather, it's when we get together. And I study and put talks together that hopefully encourage and help you. I love this. I love Sundays. And we have a very distinct pattern for how we teach here. There is a flow to it that generally starts with a big idea. That's how we start. And then we get into a paragraph of scripture. We explain the scripture. I throw in a, here's the deal. Which, by the way, I watched one of my talks last week. That's a painful experience. <laughs> so thank you for coming back. Just to watch yourself and hear your own voice is a frightening thing, but I discovered I say this all of the time. Hey, today we're going to talk about Jesus, and here's the deal, and then I give information. So we throw in a here's the deal now, and then, and then we get to our helpful takeaways. This is our flow. This is how we generally teach. Big idea, paragraph of scripture, explain the scripture, its historical meaning, its context, 
original language. And then how do we take that from an ancient document and use that in our lives today to help us survive another seven days? And we roll out takeaways. This is our teaching pattern and our formula here. And if you've been a part of Valley Point for any length of time, this probably makes sense to you. I share this with you because I'm going to completely abandon that today, okay? There's no big idea. There's not really a paragraph of scripture, although we'll read a couple of different verses that speak into what I want to share today. I just want to have a conversation with you. And again, the stirrings in my heart. So this is kind of a pastor to church talk, okay? So sit back, relax, take a deep breath. Enjoy the music from downstairs that we're hearing as well. That's all part of the game. So my name is Eric, and here is my journey as a pastor. I haven't shared this for quite some time. Some of you have heard my journey as a pastor before, but as our church has grown, I know many of you don't know necessarily a lot about me, and I have been reflecting on this as part of our theme reflecting and revering in terms of the future. And I've been thinking about my journey as a pastor and thought it would be great just to share that with you and how God has worked in my heart and in my life to bring me to where I am today here at Valley Point. So at 14 years of age, I sensed that I wanted to be a pastor. And I had no idea what that meant, but I wanted to be a pastor and I didn't have any bright light experience. God didn't call me and tell me to do this. I just had this stirring in my heart like, you know, maybe, maybe I should do this. And so I shared that with my parents and they affirmed that in me. My dad grew up working for Caterpillar Tractor Company in Aurora, Illinois. So I don't come from a ministry family per se, but my parents were actively involved in a local church, and I got to see that in action. And they affirmed that thought in me like, yeah, maybe, maybe you should pursue that. I then talked to the pastor of our little church and shared that with him. And he was very encouraging and got next to me and gave me some wonderful opportunities to lead, even at a very young age. So that was at age 14. Boy, I think maybe God wants me to be a pastor. I graduated from high school in 1988. Go 80s, right? All of you graduates in the 80s. All right, there's not many of us, apparently. But I graduated from high school in 1988, and then I went away to Spurgeon Baptist Bible College in Mulberry, Florida, which is right next to Lakeland, close to Tampa, and Clearwater. So I got to go as a Midwestern kid to school in Florida, and I loved it. I grew up outside of Chicago. That's where my parents lived and still live to this day. And I thought it would be fun to go to school in Florida. And so a northerner, it's my first experience in the South, and I can remember when I got there, I went to a grocery store. And for the first time in my life, I saw a man in there with no shirt and no shoes. Oh my, life-changing experience. And that was Mulberry, Florida, but I enjoyed being there. And I feel I really benefited from the education that I received at the school. I tell people, though, the best part of going to that school, though, is I met my wife, Tanya, there. And that was by far the best part of going to college in Florida. Tanya's from Toledo, Ohio. I'm from Chicagoland as... God would so direct our lives. We met in Mulberry, Florida at this little Bible college that is now part of Piedmont International University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina as a result of mergers and acquisitions. But we met in Florida and that was a great time. I was a year ahead of Tanya in school and so we waited for her to graduate in 1993 and then we got married. Six months before her graduation and our marriage, I took a job at a church in Highland, Indiana, kind of in the northwest pocket of the state. It's basically a suburb of Chicago, but on the Indiana side. So I said goodbye to Tanya as she was finishing up 
her college degree, and I started to work at this little church in Highland, Indiana. I was the youth pastor there. I worked with kids in 6th through 12th grade and ran all their programming and had a marvelous time. Tanya graduated. We got married. She joined me there, and we had four marvelous years in Highland. After four years, we made a move to Goshen, Indiana, which is in the north central part of the state in the shadows of the University of Notre Dame. That's where we served for six years, and I was the youth pastor there as well. And we had just another great run serving and being with students. God used those 10 years in those two different churches to really shape us into who we are today in terms of leadership and philosophy of interacting with communities. We had a wonderful time and a great experience in those two churches and in those two communities and still have great friends in both of those places. After 10 years, our family had grown. We had four kids at the time, and I was sensing it might be time for me to do something different. An opportunity opened up for me to move to Shorewood, Illinois, which is in the Joliet area, the southwest suburbs of Chicago. My parents, still there. I have an older sister and two younger brothers. They were there at the time, and they're still there. And we thought it'd be fun to take our young family and be close to my family for the first time in 10 years. So we packed everything up from Goshen, Indiana, and we moved to Shorewood, and I served in this church for seven years. I fulfilled a variety of roles, from small groups to teaching to dabbling in worship a little bit and working with family ministries. Had a great time, was mentored well by my boss, at the time, who was the lead pastor, and he became a great friend and really gave me a lot of opportunity to grow and develop as a pastor and as a leader. About year six or seven, I was 38 years of age at the time, I had this desire in me to pursue being a lead pastor. Oh, wow. And what does that mean? I've, I've never done that before, but you know, maybe it's time to try it. I didn't know, so I, I sat down with my mentor friend, the lead pastor, and said, here's what I'm thinking. I'm wondering if God might want me to pursue being a lead pastor somewhere. And he was great. He listened to me, and he gave me some coaching points and more opportunities to grow and develop and really helped prepare me for what was next. And what was next is right here, Valley Point Church, and moving to Pennsylvania. PA was not on my radar at any point in my career as a pastor. I figured I'd float around the Midwest. That's where I knew people and where my family lived, so I figured I'd stay there at some point, but maybe pursue being a lead pastor. I'd been to Philadelphia once as a young child, but really don't recall being here and being close to Delaware, I just don't remember any of that. So I was intrigued with the possibility, really intrigued about Pennsylvania and what amounted to a very big move for our family. I remember meeting the crew that was recruiting the next lead pastor for Valley Point. They came out to see me in Illinois to visit and just talk. And I remember meeting them and thinking, well, they're not so scary. We do have a reputation around the country for being scary people in this area. And that came up and people were like, are you sure you want to move to Philadelphia? Do you know what that's like out there? I'm like, no, but it sounds like fun. And they came out and I didn't find them to be scary at all. As a matter of fact, my second son Chandler, who is in college now, was in second grade at the time. And as we were waiting for the Philadelphians to arrive at our house in Illinois, he's looking out the window, and he saw them walking to the house, and he said, oh, so that's what Philadelphia people look like. <laughs> I said, yeah, I guess, that's, that's them. So we had a great time, and I remember thinking, boy, if God wants us to do this, these were great people, and I enjoyed being with them and thought there might be a fit if God were to be in this. So I was really intrigued with coming out 
to the mid-Atlantic region and to the great Northeast. In the pastoring world, just so you know, in the pastoring world, most pastors don't move to the mid-Atlantic region or to the Northeast. They gravitate to the Southeast and to warm states like Florida and Texas and California and Arizona. And there are a ton of churches that do recruiting for pastors from those states. A lot of large churches there doing wonderful dynamic things. And most of my friends who are walking through this same process and, hey, I'm going to pursue being a lead pastor, they were going to places like that. And I thought that sounded kind of boring. And I'm not necessarily a southerner, not that I have any problem with that, but I'm like, hey, I got to stick around the north somewhere. So Philadelphia was really intriguing to me. And we began to pray through this and think about what God would want for us. And the job became available. I looked at Tanya and she looked at me and we said, let's go, let's go. So we packed up our house and our family, and here we are, here we are. For 26 years now, I have served the church. It's been a great journey. And as I think back, as I reflect on my 23-year-old self, I had no idea where that journey would take me or our family. I had no idea, but I knew, God willing, I knew it would involve the church. And I share all of that with you because I love the church. I love the church. I love this. And the church, with all of its imperfections, I think is an extraordinary organization. And so here we are. I also believe that the church is the hope of the world. And I think about the church all of the time, all of the time, because I love church. I think about Valley Point Church all the time, and I find you to be beautiful people. You are. You're beautiful. Look around the room. You are beautiful. And God is drawing us together into a family of faith, and I love it. I love it. At the beginning of this year, we chose a church-wide life verse. It's Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And here's what it says. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Great question, by the way. What does God want for us? And we've been wrestling with this throughout 2019. What does the Lord require of you? Well... How about if we act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God and with other people as well? Will you say this with me? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. There's three unique themes that just fall out of that so perfectly. Justice, mercy, and humility. And I believe this is what God has called me to do for my pastoring career. And I believe it's what he's placed on the hearts of Valley Pointers to do as well. Justice, mercy, and humility. But that's not an easy thing to do, is it? It seems that as soon as we step into choosing to live with justice and mercy and humility, it gets really hard. But hard things are often the pursuits that we must give our full attention to if we're going to thrive, right? Hard things are hard. But they're often the pursuits that we must give our full attention to in order to thrive. So I've just been reflecting on a 26-year journey that has brought us here to a place that I love dearly and I now call home. And I've been thinking about our calling as a church to live out the words of Micah chapter 6, verse 8, with justice and mercy and humility. And God's just been stirring in my heart. And so I sat down a couple of weeks ago and just began to write down, here's what I want to talk to the church about as we 
come to the end of 2019 and embark on a new year in just a little bit, here's some stuff, some promptings that I believe God has given to me that I want to pass on to you. And wouldn't you know, there's no Eagles game today. So I had a list of 15 items that I pared down to seven. I'm now back up to 15 because we have all kinds of time. <laughs> not true. Not true. I, I have seven thoughts, seven stirrings, 26 years of a pastoral journey coupled with justice and mercy and humility, seven thoughts that I want to share with you. So please take out your talk notes you have a lot of blank space there. I want to ask that you write these things down. Here we go. Number one, practice hospitality. Love people. Help people. Love all people. And help all people. And this is actually the heart of hospitality. Racism, sexism, Every other ism and anything else you want to throw into this has no place in the church of Jesus Christ. We should be the great reconciling institution because it sure doesn't seem like anybody else can actually do this. And so perhaps through Micah chapter 6 verse 8 with justice and mercy and humility, God is calling our church to practice hospitality. There's some interesting things about that word hospitality. I've actually been reading through, casually reading through a book called Making Room, Recovering Hospitality as a Christian Tradition. And what you discover as you walk through the book, in the, in the ancient world, in the biblical world, hospitality was so much more than just sharing a meal with friends. No, that's part of it. And that certainly is hospitality as well. And we should do that, but quite honestly, that's easy. We like being with people that we like, and we eat with them, and that's great fun. In the ancient world, hospitality was really geared toward the vulnerable and the marginalized, the broken, those pushed to the fringes of culture that could not help themselves. What you find over and over again in scripture and people who have done great research on this is that hospitality often reached out to those who were technically unreachable and nobody else really cared about them, but yet hospitality. And I want to see our church continue to grow in our ability to not only socialize with friends, that needs to happen and it should grow and continue but I want all of us to have a mindfulness for reaching the vulnerable because somebody needs to do that and I think the church should lead the cause. Can I encourage you? I see Valley Point people doing this in bits and pieces and it's a beautiful thing. I've watched people here at Valley Point give their cars away to others because they were in a place where they had no vehicle and had no means to purchase a new one and you understand the value of transportation and just giving away vehicles. I have watched people here at Valley Point give of their space in their homes to let people live there who have lost quite a bit and just need a little bit of time to get from point A to point B and they've opened up their homes. I've watched people here at Valley Point feed the vulnerable and those pushed out that nobody else seems to care about and they're often pointed at saying, well, they, they can help themselves and maybe they can, maybe they can't. I don't think it matters. I think God has called us to serve people with no strings attached and People are doing that with their homes and with their resources. I have watched people here help individuals through recovery who are down and out and have lost just about everything and, and yet they've, they've, they've gotten next to them and just said, I'll, I'll walk through this with you. And, and that's hospitality. That's hospitality in the ancient world, and, and I want us to keep growing in this area because our communities 
our communities need more and more people who claim to follow Jesus to actually act like it and serve in this way. So may God give us the strength to practice true ancient biblical hospitality. Okay, number two, pray more, pray more. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago as we did the overview of the book of Mark and we mentioned how you find Jesus constantly getting away into a private place so that he could pray to his heavenly father. And I've read those passages multiple times and it hit me as I was doing research for our theme here. How amazing is it? Here's Jesus, the perfect sinless son of God, right? We're talking about Jesus here. And even Jesus, who had this direct hotline to his father, even Jesus took time to pray. So if he did that, and my confession that week was, I often feel I'm too busy to pray. I'm too busy doing things, running around, putting messages together that talk about praying more. But I'm too busy to pray. Well, here we have Jesus. I think he had a pretty big task, and he was kind of busy saving the world, giving up his life for redemption purposes. If he took time to pray, then little old me should be able to carve out some time to pray as well. And I throw this challenge out for all of us. Our Heavenly Father invites us to step into his presence and to pray, to talk to him with our imperfect words and in our unscripted ways, just talk to God and tell him what we need and honor him with our gratitude. He wants us to do this, but yet often we're too busy to pray. So this isn't about heaping guilt on people, like, well, we got to do more of this and more of that. This is simply saying, look, Jesus prayed, and even as I was studying for Simon Peter and our theme coming next week, there's an episode where Jesus looked out at the crowds and he was moved with compassion Remember that? We find it again as we study Matthew. And after Jesus did some things with the crowd, then he went away into a private place and he prayed. I just think if Jesus prayed, it probably makes a whole lot of sense if we did a little more praying. And by the way, here's the deal. Prayer gives us soft hearts. As we talk to creator, inventor, our father, It gives us soft hearts, and soft hearts lead to justice and mercy and humility. So let's pray more, okay? How about this one? It's a little sensitive, but I feel it's a prompting in my heart, so I want to share it. Number three, calm down on the political stuff, okay? Everybody, (laughs) yeah, everybody take a breath. And just calm down. And here's why we need to calm down. I think we're scaring the children. (laughs) As we get all excited about this and as we fret about what's going to happen tomorrow, I think we're scaring the children. And so I want to encourage everybody to take a deep breath and just calm down on the political stuff because there's nothing new under the sun. That's what Ecclesiastes tells us. Nothing new under the sun. And we always think, oh, this is new, and wow, what does this mean? And Scripture makes it clear, nothing new under the sun. So to quote theologian Taylor Swift, you're being too loud, you need to calm down, shake it off, shake it off. That's my pop culture reference for the day. So shake it off. And I would encourage this. Step away from the TV. Just step away. And maybe use some of that time to read scripture and to pray. And I think that will be very helpful for everybody. We need to calm down on this because we may be scaring the children. And here at Valley Point, we don't push a political agenda We don't do that. If you're looking for that or want that, you're going to be very disappointed here. Uh, We just don't do that. We push Jesus, and we make much of him. And we open the doors, and we don't check with people. Do you vote this way? Do you believe this? Did you do this last night? I don't care. We just open the doors, and whoever comes, comes. And we welcome Republicans and Democrats 
and everybody in between, the confused, the non-voters, those who don't care, we welcome everybody and say, let's just think about Jesus for a little bit. And what does he want for us and how can we survive another seven days? So we love people, all people, and we give them Jesus. So let's calm down on a little bit of this, okay? Number four, here we go, generously share, generously share. And I think this goes hand in hand with praying more and calming down on political issues as well as practicing hospitality. Generosity is one of our values here. And you'll hear us talk about this quite a bit. We state it this way. We intentionally use our time and resources to meet needs in our community and around the world. And if you've been here for a bit, you know we throw out challenges from our weekly generosity to what happens on special occasions to ask people, hey, here's something that's happening. Here's a cause. Here's an organization. And they need the church to come through for them. So let's give and help them do what they do. And we throw out these targets. I want to let you know we are close to being done preparing for the Christmas initiative. And that will be presented in a little bit of time. I am absolutely thrilled about our community partners and our partners around the world that we're going to present to you and say, here's a goal. We want to give them money so they can accomplish what they need to in a greater way. That generosity opportunity is coming. And I'm thinking about our master plan and how can we step into some elements of that in 2020. There will be a lot of generous opportunities to do this. And think of it this way. So many of us are blessed with great lives, and God has provided. And often we're not very content because we look at the neighbor or we think about somebody else who has more, and there's always somebody who has more, and then we get dissatisfied. But when we look often at what God has given to us, we are so blessed. And we can either consume all of that on ourselves or we can choose to live on less so that we have something to share with God so that he can accomplish his purposes in our communities and around the world. And I will say this, the happiest people I know, the happiest people I know are those who choose intentionally to live on less so they have something to share with God so that he can do what he wants around the world. So generously share and we're gonna keep challenging ourselves in this area. Number five, think about the next generation because they matter, the next generation. Not to be morbid, but at some point, all of us in here will no longer be here. And we hope that the next generation rises up and they choose to be a beacon of light from this campus and they point people to real relationships and real significance. We hope that happens. In order for that to happen, somebody has to think about the next generation and encourage them and love them and mentor them. And so here at Valley Point, we spend a great amount of time and creativity and even our budget to make sure we're thinking about that next generation because they matter. So if you have the next generation, which let's just classify them as under 30, all right? So if you're here and you're under 30, you're kind of the next generation. If you have individuals like that in your home, help them see Jesus. Help them see Jesus. All of the other things that have to happen, you know, do that, but help them see Jesus and place him as the highest priority. And if you are here and you are under 30, I want to encourage you, pursue Jesus, okay? You know, there's education and jobs and all of that stuff, and you need to do that as well. But above that, I would encourage you to pursue Jesus. That's the most important thing that you can do. And I think in doing that, you will have a great life. And at some point, you will be needed in this room to continue to carry the torch of what's happening here. So let's think about the next generation. They matter. They matter. And we got to be thinking and pouring our efforts into them. Number six, showing up on Sunday is good. It's really good. I'm glad you're here. You're beautiful. Thank you for being here. But how about this? Showing up on Sunday and seeking to please God throughout the week is even better. So there's the Sunday thing, and this is great. Love when you're here. But 
Showing up on Sunday and then seeking to honor God on Monday through Saturday is also a great thing. You've probably heard me say this before. If the only spiritual meal you get is on Sunday and you don't do something to feed yourself on Monday through Saturday, you'll starve spiritually. Sunday's not enough. We would never do that to ourselves physically. (laughs) But yet, and I find myself doing this as well. Often, you know, Monday through Saturday, again, life takes over and no spiritual nourishment. We have to get better at this so that we're living the kinds of lives that speak of Jesus, that whole fifth gospel thing that we talked about last week. So I would challenge you in this way. Take your talk notes every week and on Wednesday, perhaps, pull it out. And What did we talk about and what did the scriptures say? And here's the reading plan. And maybe I need to pour into this a little bit to give myself a midweek shot in the arm and feed myself spiritually. And that can happen any other day as well. And there is a multitude of ways to feed yourself on Monday through Saturday. Pursue something. Do anything. Because Sunday's great, but also seeking to honor God after Sunday, the rest of the week, that's even better. So let's pursue that. Okay, number seven, the final one, make things better. Where you live, work, and play, make things better. If you follow Jesus and you claim to know him, then show up and produce, right? Like on your work team, in your office, in your school, in your home, in your community, whatever it is that you're doing, show up and make it better. I think followers of Jesus should do that, not because they are better, but because they love people enough to put their best effort out there And so be a bright light where you live, work, and play. Improve, provide solutions, make things better, and bring joy. Bring joy. The world's a very scary, mean place. You know this. And as you romp and stomp out there, it seems like there's not a lot of happy, joy-filled people. It just doesn't, that's my observation. Not a lot of joy-filled people. So maybe the problem that Valley Point can solve is that Valley Pointers go out where they live, work, and play, and they bring joy in every situation. Maybe that's the problem we solve. And again, if we have embraced Jesus, we show up and we should produce. My son, Caden, who's in seventh grade, plays on a basketball team right now, and he plays with other guys, and they're they're a fun team to watch play. One dad, whenever his son is playing, he always shouts the same thing. He finds his son, and as he's running up the court, he'll say, contribute, and he says it really loud, and it's scary. (laughs) It's scary, and I think he says that when he feels his son maybe is not contributing the way that he wants, but he's always shouting this, contribute, contribute. Well, here we are, followers of Jesus, everywhere they go, contribute, Make things better where you live, work, and play, and bring joy. Bring joy. As I reflect on a 26-year journey to date, I am humbled and so thankful that God brought my family to this place. Serving with you is a great joy. It's a great joy. And you are loved. You're loved deeply. And I want you to know as we step into our future, God is with us. Like I am convinced of that. We've seen that happen over and over and over again in the past 10 years. And this church has a history of God showing up and being there. And he is here today. I believe God will be there tomorrow and into 2020. And every year after that, God is with us. So let's step into our glorious future. Let's seize these opportunities and seek to honor God along the way. I love the words found in Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 20 says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. 
Glory to him in the, will you say the word with me? Church. Glory to him in the church. And in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. We are, we are the church. We are the church. And I love the church. This imperfect organization is extraordinary. And God said that he himself would build the church. And here we are. Here we are. Will you read this with me? Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Our great God, we're so humbled that you continue to build the church. You're building us. God, my journey is one of many journeys in this room. For 26 years in four different churches now, I have seen you work and change hearts and help people act with justice and mercy and humility. And when that comes together, wow, the church is truly beautiful and the impact is impossible to measure. So God, would you help us to go out of this place and practice hospitality and pray more and do all these things that you've been stirring in my heart. May we take these challenges upon ourselves as Valley Point to live out what you have required of us, justice, mercy, and humility in all of our interactions. God, as we take some time now to reflect on Jesus and his great sacrifice through communion, help us to be grateful and humbled by that great act of love, but also Help us to step into some reverie and think about how that act and trusting in the work of Jesus alone allows us to step into a forever friendship with you and now the future is so bright. So bright because of Christ and his love. So help us to remember Jesus well now, we do pray. In your name, amen. We're gonna step into a time of communion now where we remember the body of Christ and his shed blood for us. You'll be dismissed by Rose, and when you are dismissed, you can come down front, pick up a piece of bread and a cup of juice, take that back to your seat, hold those elements in your hand, and you can read the verses that will be on the screen. You can pray. After everyone has been served, I will come back up, and we will partake together. Here at Valley Point, we practice open communion. Which means if you've trusted in Christ, we freely invite you to participate, even if you've never done this before, or even if this is your very first Sunday. We invite you to participate. We understand, though, not everyone may want to do that, and we want to respect your privacy. So as we move, you can simply remain at your seat. Just be sensitive to the people who may want to move around you. Let's remember Jesus now and his sacrifice for us.
On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, he broke it, and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake together, remembering the great sacrifice of Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he also held up a cup of wine and said, this is my blood, which will be shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake together, remembering the great sacrifice of Jesus. Our Father, we've had time to reflect and remember what Jesus has done. Help us to stand on that now as we face today and tomorrow and whatever may come, this extraordinary demonstration of love. Help us to stand on that. And if you're comfortable, will you pray with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.